0: Hello and welcome back to another episode. I hope you are doing well and are ready to walk the line on a fresh series as I break down its pilot episode to determine if it's done its job in convincing us to watch the entire series, or at least the second episode, because there are only so many hours in the day and there is so much to bloody watch. So in less time than it will take you to watch an episode of EastEnders, I'll be running you through the pilot episode of Stars, Culprits. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the episode, I like to run through the principal people that went into creating the pilot. Then I give a general pilot synopsis before breaking down the first 10 minutes. Beyond that, I look at the main characters, protagonist, antagonist, then look at what the episode did well and not so well overall. Finally, I'll let you know whether it's a series I'll be continuing and highlight why or why not. And then it's up to you to decide if you're going to be giving the series a chance. Now that the technicalities are out of the way, I'm Jen and this is what we're looking at for the crime thriller series, Culprits. In today's episode, we actually have a pilot title, which means I don't have to make up one of my own. So the pilot title for Culprits is Change of Use, which I like as it's a smooth little reference to a key changing point in the pilot episode. And the pilot has an episode length of 57 minutes. The pilot episode is very much a one-man show. It was written and directed by Jay Blakeson, who also serves as the series creator and executive producer, which is a lot of responsibility for a man who hasn't got much under his belt. Blakeson's most notable work is serving as writer and director on the 2020 film I Care A Lot. The movie stars Rosamund Pike and funnily enough I actually like this movie a lot. See what I did there? It's actually sitting in the top four slot on my letterbox and I wrote an article on it about the clever depiction of an antagonist as a protagonist. But that's enough fangirling for me. Blakeson has also directed three episodes of the BBC series A Gunpowder, starring Kit Harrington, and he wrote and directed the film The Disappearance of Alice Creed, which I have never heard of, but I bring up because it stars Gemma Atterton. Speaking of starring, the pilot episode, Change of Use* only really has one main character, Joe, who is played by Nathan Stewart Jarrett. I know Stuart Jarrett, though not not personally, from the 2009 Channel 4 superhero black comedy Misfits, where he played one of the main characters, Curtis Donovan. Now, for me, when I was growing up, Misfits was pretty much stable. It was on around the same time as Skins for anybody who knows either of those two programmes. Stuart Jarrett also starred in the Channel 4 series Utopia, which I feel like I've watched. The name definitely sounds familiar, but I cannot recall anything about it for the life of me. Stuart Jarrett had a recurring role on the Mindy Kaling TV adaptation of the 90s British rom-com Four Weddings and a Funeral and there was another actor I mentioned in a recent episode that starred in that series as well but I cannot remember who it is and that is really going to bug me. Most recently, prior to Culprit, Stuart Jarrett starred in the 2021 movie Candyman and had a lead role on HBO Max's Generation. The second and final name on the cast list is Gemma Atherton who plays Diane. Atterton burst onto our screens in 2007 with the British classic St Trinian's and has had a healthy career since. She has starred in the likes of Quantum of Solace, The Disappearance of Alice Creed, directed by Jay Blakeson, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Tamara Drew, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, The King's Man and Rogue Agent, all for film. She has done less work in television but did play Elizabeth Bennett in the ITV miniseries Lost in Austin and most recently Barbara Parker in the Skymax series Funny Woman which she also executive produced. Culprits is available to stream on Star which is part of Disney Plus and has a series length of seven episodes which for some reason just doesn't quite sit right with me. I mean round up or round down. Go six or go eight. There's something about seven that just feels unfinished. I don't know. But let's plough forward. This is what the pilot synopsis is looking like. Meet Joe. Husband, father, business owner and former criminal whose past is about to catch up with him. While Joe deals with keeping his past a secret we simultaneously learn the truth of what happened to turn a thief into a regular Joe. I know not the best pilot synopsis but a lot happens in the pilot episode so that's the best I can do without being overly specific. And now I think is the perfect opportunity to pause, to pause and apologise to Disney Plus because when I first heard that Disney were coming out with their own subscription service, I'm not ashamed to say that I basically cast them up and down to whoever would listen to me. Why, you wonder? Because I thought it would be a place for them to house their back catalogue and, you know, Marvel and Star Wars related stuff. But I was wrong. I mean, Only Murders in the Building, How I Met Your Father, other shows I can't quite remember right now, as well as having the rights to a whole heap of non-Disney programming. They did good and I am sorry that I ever doubted them. Okay now I've swallowed my last piece of humble pie, here is what the first 10 minutes of Culprits is looking like. Why the first 10 minutes you wonder, with bated breath? Because I was always taught that that is where you have to hook, line and sinker your reader slash audience if you want them to become invested in your feature film or your pilot, whether that be in script format or visual form. But back to the first 10 minutes of Culprits. We begin in Lombardy, Italy. The camera sweeps over a vineyard and we are told that this is now. We land on a Mediterranean style mansion and everything looks normal until we see an older gentleman run out of a door and across the terrace. And he is in nothing but shorts and a bright silk patterned robe. And he also has a fresh cut on his head that is still bleeding. We follow this man, who we assume is running for his life, into the house, round down the stairs and into the garden where he speeds across freshly cut grass to a waiting yellow, presumably Lamborghini. I don't know about you, but something told me he wasn't going to make it there and as he points his keys towards the car, unlocking it, a figure in purple appears some distance behind him. It doesn't matter how far away they are because they've got a gun and they shoot the running man in the back. He falls, drenched in his own blood, begging the approaching male in a purple tracksuit and plain white mask. The wounded man, begging for his life, tells the masked assailant that he spent all the money, that he doesn't know where Diane Harewood or any of them are. His pleas fall on deaf ears though because the masked man shoots him in the head. We dwell on the shot for a while before getting hit with the title card, Culprits. It's simple, it's clean, it's in block capitals, and though the words are in red, they look like a painted artistic red. Which goes hand in hand with the bloody scene we've just seen. <laughs> Sidestepping over the violence as the title card fades, we come back to a wholesome scene. We are in Washington State, USA, watching a family sing along to Move Your Feet by a Junior Senior. Joe Petrus is in the driver's seat, taking Frankie and Bud to school. We're shown he's a careful driver as he stops at a stop sign and looks all around the junction before slowly creeping forward. So, you know, that's probably going to come up later. Score run complete. Joe heads over to a hardware store that has seen better days and has a pointed moment with a police officer who thinks he is trespassing. Then we cut again and joe is in a suit as he heads into a meeting with a bank or neighborhood committee or some sort of local state government i don't know but he's at this meeting in order to change the use change the use see what i did there pilot title of the hardware store to a farm to plate bistro and for this he needs a liquor license and the council of old white men aren't Immediately too pleased when they hear this because they make the presumption about the kind of establishment Joe will be running because he is a black man. We have another cut and this time we watch Joe put up an application for change on the notice board in the building and while doing so Joe spots a notice for the clearance of Bellevue Wood for a bypass expansion and goes cold. Needing to see this for himself we cut to again as Joe drives to the spot where he sees clearance has already started and something tells us he's not worried about the felling of trees for environmental reasons. Cut to again and Joe is waiting in his car outside of the school where he picks up the kids and they all head home where we meet Jules, Joe's husband slash partner who tells Joe that he has book club tonight and that is the end of the first 10 minutes. I know, not exactly nail-biting for a supposed crime thriller. So I'll tell you what happens next, as it's a little more interesting. No offence to, you know, domesticity. It's 1.47am and Joe sneaks out of the house and jumps into his car. As he drives off, we transition back three years London, England. Joe is in a fancy suit and he runs security for his boss, Mr Don Bardwell, who is meeting with three crime bosses who look like stand-ins in a Guy Ritchie movie. Bardwell who thought the meeting was about negotiations learns it's actually a hostile takeover. The crime boss's security detail pull their guns but Joe works out what they're planning seconds before and is faster on the trigger. He manages to shoot and stab his way out, steal a car and drives himself and his boss out of danger and that is the 15 minute mark. It's pretty much been the Joe show up until this point and so as we move on to talk about the main character singular I'm sure you can guess who that's going to be. Joe Petrus is the name we'll stick with for this character of many names and as a main character his personality is pretty bland. On the day-to-day he doesn't seem to say much, he doesn't seem to have any friends or thoughts or you know feelings. However part of that we realise is because he has something to hide and likely doesn't want to draw unwanted attention to himself. I think Joe is supposed to be the sort of strong silent type from the glimpses we get of his life before he moves stateside but it's not really working for me. I'd call him the cautiously wily type as opposed to strong silent type. But what I can say about Joe is that he is a good guy because when he witnesses a hit and run he calls the police despite the fact that doing so could put him at great risk. Regarding the conflicts he faces in the pilot episode one of the principal things is that he loses a large bag of cash and when I say large I am talking your weight in cold hard cash need two hands to be dragging it across the floor kind of cash and in order to get it back Joe climbs into a dumpster which is then emptied into the back of a garbage truck where the money is for reasons. So this man risks drowning in trash and being crushed to death. And listeners, I'll tell you right now for free, I honestly cannot say I would do the same for any amount of cash because that shit is nasty. But what it did do was show a third side to Joe's otherwise 2D personality. Tenacity. On the flippity flip side, as we look at antagonists, I mean... It's kind of hard to say. Diane could be called an antagonist of sorts, predominantly because she is a, you know, ruthless criminal that even Joe knows to be terrified of. Though in this pilot episode her name is mentioned in the present, we only see her physically in the past. And she is a well-dressed, no-shit-taking powerhouse and honestly, goals. And for all of the reasons above, she kind of reminds me of Rosamund Pike's Marla Grayson in I Care A Lot, which of course had the same writer and director. Someone who could be classed as a real antagonist is the hitman from the opening, the guy in the purple tracksuit. But we don't circle back to them in the pilot episode, so we don't know how much they'll feature or if they're killing because they've been hired to do so or because it's personal. Now taking a look at my favourite line in Change of Use, the pilot episode of Culprits. This takes place in the closing minutes and for context, Diane has put together a band of merry criminals to pull off a one-and-done, career-defining, leave-your-old-life-behind-and-change-your-name job. This is the first time we see the entire crew in the same room and to emphasise the importance of her next words, Diane says, The plan is God. The plan is King. The plan is your heartbeat, your dreams, your blood, your soul, your everything. Stick to the plan. I don't know if it's the part of me that loves a good plan and a cheeky bit of organisation and a pinch of productivity but even I sat up and paid attention when she said those words. I said "Eh, now we are getting somewhere which leads me nicely on to what I didn't like about the pilot episode. Quick disclaimer this isn't because I have a spiel about the first 10 minutes of a feature film script or pilot script blah 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 because the formula is the formula as I've shown time and time again on this podcast. But what I didn't like about Change of Use is that it took about 17 minutes for me to feel hooked, which is way too long. Even for a show, that's about an hour. They need to get us to that place where we think, damn, and we subconsciously start settling into our seats, put down the remote and invest in the story and the characters. Otherwise, it's just a case of clock watching. And if you really look at the opening 10 minutes, you know, except the Italy bits, it was slow, choppy, and honestly, I believe a chunk of it could have been cut or rejigged in order to get those juicy scenes to us much much faster okay we talked about the end of the episode the beginning of the episode but we're back now to the end of the episode to talk about the end of episode hook the crew has been avengers assembled and they've each been assigned a code name brain fixer right hand soldier officer muscle and driver The scene leads us full circle because the man we see gunned down at the start of the episode is in the room, known to us as Driver. And he's not alone. The woman he claimed to not know the whereabouts of, Diane, a.k.a. Brain, is there. And of course, Joe, a.k.a. Muscle, lol, is in the room too. Now, Diane, a.k.a. Brain, has just given her the plan is God, the plan is King speech. And then she simply says, now let's talk about the plan. And that's the pilot episode. Zooming out to consider the serial arc I think there are three main narrative threads. Firstly the heist that Diane is pulling off you know the execution and the fallout. Secondly is the hitman picking off his targets one by one and third is Joe juggling his normal life opening a bistro kids and school runs etc when his past comes knocking. Zooming back into what would make me consider watching the second episode there are really two things that did it for me. In the pilot episode, Joe learns about Driver's death, but what will he do next? Is he in contact with anyone from the team? Is he going to try and reach out and warn anybody? Is he worried about himself? And speaking of being worried, will being a witness to hit and run put an unexpected target on Joe's back? Now that we've discussed all there is to discuss, there is one final question. Will I be continuing with culprits? Pause for dramatic effect? No. I love a heist. Reading a heist novel, watching a heist film, investing in a heist series, planning a heist, giving a heist five. I love all the heist things. But you know what? They are pretty darn tricky to pull off and they're not always done well. Corporate's kind of reminded me of Netflix's series Kaleidoscope that came out at the tail end of 2022. And I remember at the time being very excited about watching it and loved the idea of being able to watch it in any order and how whatever order you watched it in changed how you felt about the series as a whole and the characters, yada, yada, yada. But at the end, I was just filled with disappointment and I get the same sense from Culprits. So, you know, I've been fooled once and I will not be fooled twice because I don't have time to be fooled twice. But that's just me because seven hours is a long time to commit to something that already feels subpar. And I'm not sold on Joe as a main character. I don't know what it is he really wants, what he needs. He is too much of a blank slate. However, if you are a fan of heists, full stop, give it a go. And if you like a 60-40 balance of heart pumping action and the boring beat of everyday life, it could be right up your street. Now that everything's said and done, it's time to give the pilot of Culprits, Change of Use, a score out of five. And for me, it is a two for three main reasons. Firstly the opening 10 minutes was weak it could have been better paced and organized as we just had a lot of Joe running from A to B to C to D and it was just a bit dry. Secondly it feels really quiet almost like nobody else exists in this entire world except for Joe and to be honest at this stage he isn't doing enough to convince us to keep watching his story. Lastly, as we were teased some sort of faceless antagonist from the start, which was quite exciting, it would have been nice and felt a bit more of a closed loop to have them shown up again at the end or anywhere else in the episode for that matter. Because to be honest with you, I kind of forgot all about what happened at the start until they brought it up again at the very end. Now that we've hashed out the fundamental principles, will you be giving the pilot episode a watch? Or have you already binged all seven episodes of Culprits? Let me know over on Twitter, slash X, at Pilot Principal. Make sure to follow and rate this podcast on your audio streamer of choice. Thanks for sticking with me, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Aww.